Global Business News, 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Catherine Cowdery. Wall Street is extending its recent advance. The benchmarks are approaching their records as traders push back bets on higher interest rates. Chemical and mining companies are leading the way, and energy companies are climbing along with the price of oil. After new home prices rose by the fastest pace in eight years in June, a new survey showed U.S. home builders are feeling more optimistic about the market. We check the markets every 50 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg Radio. The Dow Industrial Average is up 75 points, four-tenths of a percent, trading at 18,651. S&P 500 up eight points, a third of a percent to 2,191. The Nasdaq is up 32 points, two-thirds of a percent, trading at 52.65. West Texas Intermediate Crude Oil up $1.19 a barrel, 2.7 percent to 45.68. Spot Gold is up $2.40 a ounce to 13.45.60. And the 10-year Treasury down 10.30 seconds with yield of 1.54 percent. And that's the Bloomberg Business Flash. This is Taking Stock with Pim Fox and Kathleen Hayes on Bloomberg Radio. The Japanese economy, it is sputtering. Is it sputtering to a halt or will government stimulus fix the economy? Here to tell us more is Tobias Harris. He is Japan analyst and vice president for Teneo Intelligence based in Washington, D.C., home to Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 HD2. And he can be followed on Twitter at Observing Japan. Tobias, thanks for being with us. You know, in trying to understand exactly what went on in the Japanese economy in the second quarter, I ended up reading a lot about a leap year, low-income households, and statistical problems. What is up with the GDP report from Japan? So we look at the numbers, and it looks like pretty much everything was flat or slightly negative except the housing number. And when you think about it, the housing number actually makes sense because that would be the first time where we start really seeing the effect of the negative negative interest rate cut that took effect in mid-February. And so as those interest rates came down, a lot of people decided to refinance, and as, uh, corporate, as corporates rolled over their loans, they took advantage of those lower rates. And so we started to see, and this is something that Kuroda has talked about, that eventually we'd start seeing the effects of negative interest rates in certain parts of the economy. So that showed up in this form, but does that get Japan any closer towards positive inflation? It doesn't look like it. Well, in fact, uh, our Bloomberg Intelligence team, I give them um, a hats off uh, in Tokyo because they put together a number of interesting slides. And when you look at real wages, when you look at the GDP deflator versus GDP, everything is either moving in the wrong direction or just not moving up enough. When it yeah, comes to inflation, that is. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think... You know, what we're really seeing, too, is just how much the Abenomics experiment has depended on the fact that they got the yen down uh, as far as they did in the first couple of years. And as it's come back up, you're seeing corporate profits going down, and that means you're not going to see wages going up. I mean, it's just this virtuous cycle that Abe talked about over and over again. I mean, they needed uh, the yen to save the levels that it reached last year when it got you know below 120 to the dollar. It's not, it's not going back that direction, and they're extremely constrained – in the tools that they have to get back to those levels. And so as long as that's going to be the case, you're going to look at the situation where they're going to be spinning their wheels. And it doesn't really look like fiscal stimulus that they've put out is the answer to the, to the problem. So why go ahead and spend $276 billion? I mean, that's the amount that Prime Minister Shinzo Abe's cabinet approved in early August as a stimulus package. 
Well, so that should be caveated because they're not actually going to spend that much. Three-quarters of that amount of money is actually coming uh, in the forms of loans from public financial institutions. And the timeline for getting those loans out and, you know, they're going to be repaid, I mean, there's – it's a – that, I mean, you have to you have to ring fence that because that actually is not straight up stimulus. In fact, there's a lot of uh, hocus pocus going on when it comes to what number we should actually be talking about. The number we should be talking about is probably more like seven trillion yen, which is going to be divided between uh, a supplemental budget that will be passed during the diet session that starts next month, and then some left over for the general budget next year. So we're talking about a very different number uh, than what the headline figure was. Well, you know, a terrific story widely read on the Bloomberg Terminal today. The Tokyo Whale's unstoppable rise to shareholder number one in Japan. And the Tokyo Whale is the Bank of Japan. The story points points out that the BOJ, through its purchases of ETFs, this is part of its plan to stimulate the economy by, you know, increasing uh, risk appetite, boosting stocks. Top five owner of 81 companies in Japan's Nikkei 225 stock average. Many uh, experts in this story question if this is a proper role for a central bank. Yeah, and you can, and that article I think was really great in pointing out some of the downside risks. That on the one hand, you know, is this going to be government intrusion in management of the private sector? On the other hand, if having the BOJ sit on all these stocks, does that decrease pressure on managers uh, to improve returns and to, to actually make their companies better? I mean, does it undercut the corporate governance push that we've been getting from the Abe government? And so, I mean, it, it does seem like a, a incredibly problematic. Shift and and also it just doesn't seem like it's going to be it's going to do the job when it comes to getting inflation up. I mean, I think the portfolio rebalance channel that we've seen with quantitative easing hasn't quite done the job over the last few years, and it seemed like this was more of a placeholder policy. I mean, the expectations were so high going into the meeting last month. I think the BOJ had to do something, uh, but obviously now the question is we're going to see this review ahead of the September meeting, and that's the real question. I mean, is there anything more uh, in Kuro's bag of tricks that that um, to get inflation expectations going in the right direction. I'm skeptical, but, you know, I, I don't think July is the end of the discussion as far as monetary policy goes. Tobias, if one of your clients called you and asked for the same information on a regular basis and they took that information and the results were terrible, wouldn't they change what they were doing <laughs> or wouldn't they listen to someone else? Why are all these central banks continuing to just do more of the same when the results have been terrible? You know, I think if there's a certain amount of path dependency, I mean, I think in terms of the Abe Kuroda partnership, I mean, at this point, I mean, if there was an abandonment of this course of action or if Abe decided that he'd had enough of Kuroda and he was going to replace him, I mean, that, that blows up in Abe's face. I mean, this, you know, at this point, for better or worse, you know, Abe is committed to Abenomics. He's committed to leaving Japan better than he found it. I mean, whether that's going to happen or not, you know, at this point, he has no choice but going forward, uh, lest uh, he face opposition within his ruling party, lest the opposition uh, go after his government in, in the diet. I mean, the, the, unfortunately, he, his hands are tied when it comes to a real course correction. It is an exciting, if you're excited like I do about monetary policy and the economies, it's a very exciting situation in Japan. So many cross currents. And Tobias Harris today helping us uh, see where Japan is in terms of the economy and growth and monetary policy and where it may be heading. He's Japan analyst at Taneo Intelligence. I'm Kathleen Hayes along with Pim Fox. This is Taking Stock on Bloomberg Radio. Keep it right here. This is Bloomberg. Coming up on Taking Stock, shopping from your desktop. We're going to be speaking with the chief financial officer of Retail Me Not, an online discounter. We'll find out where the Trax Nashkins are. 
That's next. <laughs> 